Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The man who loves to hurt himself follows the turbulent musical journey of Today is the Day enigmatic legendary frontman and founder Steve Austin. Right along as Austin's first person account brings balance to these opposing forces of reckoning and stretching himself from the drive to create musical visions, engaging and performing intense shows around the world, and being home with him, his wife, and his children. And that is the story, that's sort of the, the, the setup, if you will, to this uh, documentary on the life of Steve Austin, the man who founded, as I said, Today is the Day. Um, I'm going to let uh, Anthony Short, the director of the film, describe the kind of music that Steve's uh, band plays. But first, let's introduce director Anthony Short. Welcome to Film School. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I've heard it. Is it noise band? What are they? What sort of a noise core? Is that what we kind of noise core? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've heard it described as that. Uh, he's probably been through some evolution uh, in some you know subgenres. So I'm not sure where he lands right now, but uh, yeah, noise core is what I've always called it. Yeah, and and regarded uh, by people who um, who follow the the noise core and and mm-hmm. and uh, as one of the true uh, leading lights if you will one of the true uh kind of uh pioneers in the in that in that genre of music would that be fair yeah definitely yeah he was definitely around in that time and that era and, and really was kind of spearheaded you know a, a style that was truly unique and all his own and you know in, inspired by uh just creativity i guess right how did you get to know what well, first of all i mean so did, were you a were yeah. you a fan of noise core were you a fan of today is the day or when how did uh, you, how did go ahead <laughs> yeah so i was i was you know in um in a young period in my life i think when when you're younger you tend to have less um you know boxes that you put uh, music in and less critical of certain things. So I was definitely more open. Uh, it wasn't a style of music that I was listening to at all. My brother, uh, who actually helped co- uh, co-produce the film with me, actually handed me a CD of his. Um, at the time, we were several states away. I, you know, had no connection to him or whatever. And uh, yeah, and and it connected with me. And I, I, I still today can't explain why or what it was about the music. It wasn't. You know, there wasn't other music like this that I was listening to at the time, um, but it was there was something about it that was just intriguing. It was, uh, you know, it, it it hit me in a way that sometimes art inexplicably does, and um, and so I got to be a fan of his. I bought you know older albums after that, and then um, and then later on, we he was living in Nashville at the time, and uh, we weren't terribly far away and so when i finished high school i ended up in nashville and ended up kind of in the music scene playing in a rock band myself you know and the legend uh, steve austin was was around those days and and i got a chance to meet him and uh and yeah i guess you know from there we, we formed a, a kinship he was actually recording at the time he was recording a an album that later, uh, well, it, it it was the album that came out that has the title song "The Man Who Loves to Hurt Himself," which is the title of the documentary now. Gotcha. Yeah, and well, what was uh, sort of his? 
his take on um, on you when you approached him. I mean, at some point you said, "Hey, I, I really want to want to do this." He uh, well, uh, and the reason I'm asking, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, that that's sort of an obvious question, I guess. <clears throat> but at the same time, he seems like a guy that is both very um, introspective. And as well as very emotional, and I mean, I think for for a lot of people, I mean, noise core sounds like it's it's it is it's a lot of dissonant sounds. Dissonant, yeah, yeah, is that the right word? Uh, and yeah. also, it can be very jarring, <clears throat> but but it's also very and a very emotional. Um, it That's can right. be a very emotional music, the kind of a connection, a sort of a almost a feral connection to the to the music, and and uh, and to so. I can understand where he would be a great subject, but as well as I could understand where he would, would be reticent to participate in the in the film. Is that? Yeah, I, I think I think that's a very observant point. Um, he is very uh, introspective. He he uh, he almost I, I've described him in the past as almost like an existential philosopher, uh, you know, from the modern day era. I mean, and I think a lot of that comes from he's got a lot of time on his hands when he tours. You know, he's constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's by himself a lot, you know, and so he's got a lot of time to think about things in ways that maybe, you know, most of us that have, you know, an eight to five job or something, you know, are always busy with something else, don't really get to sit down and just kind of, uh, mull things over in that way. So in that sense, uh, you know, it, it, he's definitely, uh, an interesting character to talk to. Um, but I think, yeah, he's always been like that, you know, and I think that that's come into the way he's created music as well. Um, but going back to the noise core thing, yeah, the, to describe the sound is, like you said, it's a lot of dissonant sounds, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's abrasive, it's, uh, you know, some people would describe it hard to listen to. And so, um, so I, in the film, I, I did want to ask him about that, and we, we had some conversations that you can uh, witness in, in the film that where it, it was originally designed, you know, because of a dark place that he was in at the time, so he almost just designed the music to push people away as opposed to try to bring them in so as you know and and as opposed to trying to create something pleasing he was more it was more of his way of saying you know like f off you know um where uh where what happened with creating this style of music is that that emotion that he was putting in there that anger that angst into that style of music um it ended up touching people, and there, there, you know, there's a there's people out there that were going through, you know, similar uh, problems, maybe with their childhood or or drug abuse issues, and and they found solace in his music and and what he was performing and what he was putting out there really connected with them, uh, and so um, yeah, so I just found that 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 was interesting and intriguing, and that's that's what I try to get to with the film itself was you know the approach of. A lot less about the historical, you know, VH1 behind the scenes type of approach to telling the story of today is today, but much more about his connection with his fans and and why he creates what he does, how he creates what he does, and and why, you know, it connects so viscerally with his fans in a way that, you know, they tattoo lyrics on their chest and they, you know, they cut themselves with the the title of his albums and um and in a way that you just don't see in, in many other genres of music uh or any other genres of art uh, perhaps um they just they're the fans are really affected by by him and and, and you know i, I illustrate a, a couple times in the film as well where 
not, you know, not only those maybe extreme measures where people that just don't understand that level uh, of connecting with, with art um, might not understand uh, cutting themselves or tattooing themselves or something like that, um, you know, they're, they're, it's inexplicable in how they connect with it, and it's, it's obvious. And so um, I tried to, yeah, I tried to just, you know, talk to him about that and his journey and, and, and how and how that affects him, you know, how that affects his, his decisions and, and life moving forward. Yeah, and in the beginning of the film, there, Steve Austin uh, describes people who come up to him who say, you know, your music saved my life. He gets, I mean, in the in the open near the opening <clears throat> of the film, it's there's a number of like text me- text messages that come to mm-hmm. him about people who were ready to kill themselves. It's essentially a couple of people saying, I don't think that's, I don't want to yeah. make that sound like it's indicative of of the audience that listens to his music, but there are people who were sort of pushed to the edge and 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 heard something that so resonated with them that they found such solace in it such a connection that they felt it actually in some ways may have saved their lives that's right and then it's it's ad nauseum uh he, he was sharing with me that it's not just in the new age of you know text messages and facebook where most of his friends communicate to him now uh but he's he's telling me that this has happened since the inception of his band when he first started touring. That it's just nonstop and it finds generation after generation and new new fans that are coming up to it, coming up to him and saying the exact same things. And and so yeah. there's definitely something there. <laughs> and it's it, it's hard to uh, yeah it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is. They go back to he goes back his his career goes back to the mid '90s if I'm. Not That's mistaken. right. Ninety-two, ninety-three, ninety-two, I believe. Was yeah, the first, it's a, uh, album. yeah, and you know, I'm going to just sort of play uh, uh, amateur rock critic slash psychologist, but I, I, I think there is something. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with noise. I'm not going to claim to be any kind of an expert in in regards to the artist and 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 such, but there is something uh, that about it that is it. It sort of leapfrogs over the spoken word. It leapfrogs, even though there are mm. lyrics, not always, but mostly. There, but I think it's, it, call it noise, call it sound, whatever it is, but it's something that when you take that step beyond words, beyond explaining what you're talking about to people and get into the realm of sound, and, mm-hmm. and, and you can certainly... Different kinds of sounds we know evoke different kinds of emotion. This is a very, uh, uh, it's a very powerful kinds of mu- kind of music. And if you do connect with it, it's easy to understand why you would feel so connected to it. And especially because it's not the kind of music you hear almost on any radio station. You don't hear it generally. That's it's right. something so far outside of the realm of what would be considered broadcastable music or music that would be played on a, a, a general mainstream uh, musical outlet. It is so outside that realm that it really you really have to search it out. And so I think part of that is comes in the journey to find the music and then this very powerful kind of music it is, and it connects on a level that is, is visceral. Than not necessarily mm-hmm. literal. It, it, how does that sound? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's uh, that's a great observation. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, well, good. Well, and it's in the film. I mean, again, we see we see people who have done some extreme things in the film mm-hmm. that uh, you know is, is, is sort of a, a reinforces that notion. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Anthony Short, and the film, the documentary film, is called "The Man Who Loves to Hurt Himself," and that's the story of Steve Austin, and also in in a broad way about the band. Uh, Today is the day, um, and we're speaking with the director Anthony Short. There is a decision you made in making this film. Uh, that I, I want to explore with you a little bit as sort of a, a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't hear the music in in the film. We see we see Steve on stage with his band. We see them rehearsing, but most of the film is is sort of him storytelling, him talking about his career, his life, his his legacy in some way, the impact he's had on others, and and, and others have had on him. But you chose to not play the music because. I, I'm just kind of curious why you did that. Yeah, I, you know, it, it. A lot of what you were talking about in describing Norris Core and how he describes, you know, the creation of the sound. He was self-taught musician. He, you know, created this music in order to help try to push people away. And so I didn't want the film to seem like I was trying to sell somebody on becoming a fan of this type of music. I feel like if you were a fan of his music, you probably from from what I would gather and the fans that I've met, if you like his music, you probably own every one of his albums and uh, yeah. and you probably have heard every one of his songs and you probably go to his shows because I've you know I've probably met you uh, in the last two years and <laughs> uh, and these shows that I've I've been going to and so it, it was a decision from the very beginning and just the way I wanted to approach uh, telling his story and I was upfront with him about it from the beginning that I didn't necessarily want it to be just a linear approach to uh telling uh the the story of the band necessarily um i i did have to touch on some of that historical context just to get a sense of you know him because he is the band the band is him you know he's lived it inside and out for his entire career he does it full time and so um he so but the the music itself i wanted the film I wanted other people to be able to experience Steve and to get to know him on a level that maybe in a different genre, he could connect with them in a way that he connects with people through his music and his art. And so people that might not, you know, they might just put up a shield, like I was saying earlier, at my age now, you know, I I tend to put things in boxes really easy and, you know, I can, you know, just turn on a trailer, I can immediately say if I'm going to watch that movie or not. I've already, you know, made up my mind. <laughs> and uh, and and so I didn't want somebody to turn it on and listen to that sound and just be immediately turned off on, and not open themselves up to be able to experience Steve and to be experienced like, and to hear, you know, some of his philosophies and what he's uh, um, come to understand uh, in his career and his life and, and some of the choices he's made. Uh, because I think he's very relatable in a lot of different ways. Right. I think we're all, you know, as humans, it's human condition that we we all experience life very similarly and, and, and how we go about making different decisions, um, you know, ultimately are all for the same goal, um, you know, for, for love. Uh, and, and that's ultimately what, what he's looking for. Um, but I think even, you know, he, he talks about struggles of family. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, if you're a traveling salesman or you live in the, you work in the military or, you know, whatever the case may be, there's a lot of people that, you know, end up having to 
you know, leave home and the decision of, well, I've got to make a living in order to support my family. I, you know, I would love nothing more than just to stay home, but we can't all just do that all the time. And so those are the kind of struggles that he talks about. It's just the medium might be, uh, you know, different than uh, somebody who has a nine to five job and, and, and it works in an office and, and doesn't really ever get to experience his life. So I wanted to be let them experience his journey uh, without pushing them away or trying to sell them on a sound or a music that they you know might not like. And also you, you benefit from the fact that Steve Austin is, is a storyteller. He's he's he good is. at telling stories. Yeah. I, there are there's a significant chunk of the film where we'll follow one story for <laughs> through, from you know from its origins to the to the conclusion of it, where uh, it, it's I mean these are important these are important part of his life important they were life changing uh, events uh, things that happened to him, and again through it all he's an intelligent man he's well spoken he's he's lived a life I mean it mm-hmm. it's 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 in his voice it's in the stories but it's also on his face that he has he has been he's been through a lot and mm-hmm. and uh, and that and that what I was talking about in terms of the the sort of the emotional connection. To uh, to the music and to him is evident in film clips that we see of of him in concert. I mean, his sort of physicality of his performance, and also the exactly. the, the way he sings. You know, his sort of approach to just standing in front of a microphone. It's obvious that he it's he's he's oh, I say crying out may not be the right way to put it, but he is in a manner of speaking crying out for the people in the audience, and they and they are giving back. There, there's this mm-hmm. sort of back and forth you can see just in these performances in the in concert stuff, but he is a good storyteller. And so, so was that, was that sort of did that help you make that that particular decision? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think if nothing else, that helped. Another decision that I had in the film that might seem odd to um, uh, you know uh, somebody that makes films for a living um, is in that he is the only voice in the film, and so you know I've told that to a couple people. At, I think that that reaction, along with I never play his music, are probably the two choices that I've made. That maybe you know, maybe ultimately will give me more criticism, but but at least uh, it it brings up more conversation than anything else. But um, that decision wasn't as strong from the beginning as it was towards the end of the film. Um, you know, the the decision about playing his music was, was pretty strong, and I talked to Steve about it before we, you know, uh, filmed the first frame of video. But the uh, but after hearing his stories, and of course I've known Steve, and, um, you know, just talking to him on the phone and, and hearing other interviews that he has done in his career, um, you know, I could tell that, yeah, you know, I was going to get some, you know he he is well thought out he's very well spoken and he is an emotional uh and and very visual storyteller like he really paints a picture in a way that not many people can uh, just naturally do he's he's definitely got a gift and so but as i started filming him the first you know few months of just hearing him talk uh it, it that's when it started to come to me that you know this film because it is about the man who loves to hurt himself? It is a song that he wrote. That was a title of a song that he wrote about himself. Right. I, in return, ended up titling the film about this as well. I wanted it to be almost like an autobiography, right. like where it's it's really his words, and it's not so much other people validating, uh, 
you know, how much that he might have meant to them uh, in order to give him credibility. Right. Uh, but really, it was from his own perspective, what does he feel like, or what does it make him feel like to have those people come to him and say that? I felt it was just, uh, it was a different angle, and maybe, you know, something we don't really experience very much in documentaries, but um, I, I definitely knew that, you know, after, like I said, after a couple of uh, shoots, uh, I, I, I felt pretty strong that I could carve this entire film with just one man's voice and uh, if nothing else it would be an, an interesting take yeah and and despite the fact that a lot of people might know his name they might they know maybe they know the name of the band uh, today is the day they, they've heard you know there's an assumption presumption i think on a lot of part, people's parts that oh well these guys i know their name so therefore they must be well this guy must be doing really well he's probably got some big house on a hill and he's doing great the fact is that he's a working musician that he has struggled financially and 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 uh and, probably throughout his entire career i'm going to guess he's never been quote unquote wealthy i'm i don't know that to be a fact but i'm i'm sort of surmising from what i saw in the film that it's a struggle and it, and it must be so galling for someone who pours so much of their themselves into their music and have such a devoted core of a fan a fan base that every that it, that it's a struggle to make the mortgage for him it's it, i mean it mm-hmm. just it must Boy, I, I, I mean, talking about keeping it real, that's the sort of the, the right. vibe I, I, I've got from, from him and from this film is, my God, we, we make all kinds of assumptions about bands that we are passionate about. Uh, but most of these bands are living on the margin, and they're doing this after, at some point. It's just because they love it so much. They're, they're not doing it for the money. And I think Steve's a, an example. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say that's that he he goes into a, a, a little rant about it as well, where yeah. you know it, that's probably one of the struggles that he has with uh, what he does because he loves what he does. I think for if nothing else, it's because of the reaction that the people have to it. Exactly, and he sees it makes such a big difference for him. It's it's a legacy thing, and you know he's he he's not going to just give that up. You know, but. Unfortunately, like with the traveling salesman or the man in the military, you have to you have to make a living, you know. And you, you know, there's it's just the way our culture and society is. And and so he does go into um, uh, opening up about you know his frustrations with you know the value that I guess our society puts on on art. You know, we're constantly you know you know it's okay to pay a cell phone bill or to. Um, buy an energy drink at a at a gas station, pay two or three bucks. But then when it comes to music or or movies, you know, we're right. trying to download it for free, and we're trying to, you know, we have torrent sites and all this and that, and, and we're ripping it off. And then ultimately, that's just you know, that's you're still getting something from that, but you know, you, you're not putting a value where you're willing to uh, pay for it. And and ultimately, you know, it, it ends up in a struggle that you know he's in and. and countless of musicians that are out there right right well i'm going to just make a wild suggestion here because having watched him he's got a really good on camera presence and we've seen we've seen musicians like joe strummer and uh, i mean joe john doe i'm just pulling some names out here there's a lot of mm. people who have made a transition into into film i mean i could see him mm-hmm. being cast in you know probably supporting role in some films but I mean, he has that kind of sort of uh, dynamic quality to him, and and he seems like a guy who, in, in the right part, would really be able to turn it up. And he's a uh, he's a huge film buff too. I bet if 
somebody were to offer him a role, he would probably jump at it. Yeah, I could, I could see, I could see it. I, hopefully, this becomes kind of a calling card in that regard. I mean, people like him. I hope so. We we in this country don't have an arts uh, commission. We don't have like in That's Canada, right. all Europe, all over the, all over the world. They support artists, right? They mm-hmm. they make it a they make it part of a sort of a civic responsibility to make sure that people who are dedicated to their craft and who are getting you know. It, they're they're supported. We don't do that. We mm-hmm. punish people for wanting to be artists in this country in many ways. Right. It's a, it's sad, but at the same time, it's a fan, very well done documentary. I really, uh, it really, you did a great job with him and with the telling Thank of the story. The, again, I want to let people know where they can go to find out more. They can go to, and this is where it gets a little tricky. It's not well. The the film is the man who loves to hurt himself. So take the first letter of the man who loves to hurt them to hurt. Th- himself. himself. Sorry, yeah. I did, I'm sorry. I did. That's all right. The man who yeah. loves to hurt himself. Take the first letter, and that's where you would go to dot com. T M W L T H H dot com. You would find out. You'll find out more about the film. Uh, upcoming screenings. Is there anything, Anthony? Um, I, is it liftoff? Um, is it coming? Nothing uh, announced right now. No, Liftoff was a festival that we oh, played at year. last year. Right. Yeah, and um, and we uh, we did a lot of festivals last year. This year we're um, uh, we got picked up by Gravitas Ventures, right, um, right. and so they have released the film. It released last Tuesday, so it is on um, Amazon Amazon Prime for uh, streaming. Okay. Uh, you can buy the physical DVDs at. Uh, well, they actually sold out at Amazon last night. I just found out. Oh, um, wonderful! But they, uh, yeah, and uh, but you can get it at Target, uh, Barnes and Noble, and uh, I think Vudu is playing it uh, on their streaming site, um, and then uh, and then iTunes. Okay, well, that's good. Excellent. The yep. man who loves to hurt himself. Story of T- Steve Austin and his band. Today is the day. Sort of. It's more about his story, but also if people know that that band, they'll they'll know. Obviously, they'll know Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Anthony Short, thank you so much. Thank you for being oh, here. Thank, thank you, you for the film. And yeah, all the best. All the best. Now, this is your first feature thank documentary. Am, am I correct? This is yeah. Uh, feature uh, uh, directorial debut. Well, keep it up. I hope you uh, come Thank back. You. I when appreciate you, that. Yeah, yeah. I hope you come back. Thank you so much again. The man who loves to hurt himself, uh, Anthony Short, director uh, here on Film School. Thanks. Take care, man. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.